Makers, Sebi and Josh here. Thanks for listening. Before we jump into this episode, please share and help our ministry. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts, share with your friends, your family. Hey, if you have enemies, <laughs> share with them as well and everyone in between. Now enjoy the episode. So we're going to be talking about the S&P 500. And this is something that a lot of people always um, talk like talk about whenever it is they're talking about investing, bidding the market, and things like that. So the first thing that is a misconception is that the S&P 500 is not just uh, random companies or random list of 500 companies put together. It's not a shuffle in your mu- music playlist. It's actually more like um, a DJ who selects a curated playlist for the event. So in this case, the S&P 500 is a curated selected companies, 500 companies, obviously that's the S&P 500. And it basically is the pulse check of the American economy where you are looking at their financial health, you're looking at your forecasting, you're looking at their growth estimates and everything in order to determine if they are worth being in this group of elite companies. And if you're not performing well, you'll be kicked out of this elite group of companies and a new class is going to enter. So there is the retiring of people who were formerly on this list because they're not performing anymore and they're bringing in the new class. One of my favorite classes was when they brought in Tesla. So that was really exciting. So Joshua, tell us a little bit more about the S&P 500. What is this about and why new investors should be interested in this? Yes. So the S&P 500, like you said, is a basket of about 500 companies. But like you said, they're not random. They're typically the largest, some of the strongest companies in the United States of America. And they range from healthcare to oil and gas to technology, Mm -hmm. right? You see how technology represents like a larger percentage of the S&P 500, but that is the aim to Mm -hmm. track their earnings and the performance of the 500 largest companies in the United States. And what Mm -hmm. that does, it also, quote unquote, indirectly tracks the economy. Yeah. If you see the S&P 500 not doing well, hmm, it might be a sign that in the future or right now, Mm -hmm. we might see some headwinds in the Mm -hmm. economy. So one major difference I want to highlight, there's a difference between the S&P 500 index and the S&P 500 ETF. Yes. So an index cannot be bought. So you Mm -hmm. can't go out and be like, okay, I want to buy the S&P 500 index. No. However, you can do a short-term trade on those. You can buy options. You can do CFDs. You have contracts for differences. However, now you can buy an ETF. I know we made an episode about the ETF, which means exchange traded fund. And this is basically just like the S&P 500 is an index of those 500 companies. However, this ETF has those actual stocks of those companies. So if you buy one of the most popular S&P 500 ETF, the ticker symbol is the SPY. And it just means the S&P 500 ETF. Mm -hmm. This was created by a company called State Street Advisors. And they're similar to Vanguard. They're one of the largest investment fund companies in the United States in the world, asset managers as well. And just like you said earlier, from time to time, they'll add new companies. From time to time, they'll also kick out companies. Yeah. Perform. So it is possible for you to go and buy, even if you can afford just one. If you buy just one, that means you have one unit mm-hmm. of the 
depth of that share that exposes you to a small portion of each mm-hmm. of 500 companies. And the great thing is that you can go on Yahoo Finance, search for that index. In this case, it's to, to be SPY, which is, we call them the spies. I can actually see the holdings. Right now, if you check, Apple is most likely the highest percentage yeah. of the ETF. But you can always see, okay, what are the top 10 holdings? What stocks am I actually getting exposure to? We know there's 500, but they're not yeah. all equally. Some yeah. are going to put in more than the others. Obviously, it comes like Apple, Microsoft, um, Chevron, Johnson & Johnson will have more weight than maybe some smaller companies. Yeah. So those are the major difference I want to highlight. So, yeah. That, thanks for differentiating that because a lot of people get confused by that because what they see on CNBC and they're measuring the index, it's like you see like 5,000 or talking about points and they're like, that's not how much it's worth. <laughs> but that's that's the difference. How uh, Another thing I wanted to add is why is it important? Why is the uh, SPY important? Why is it very important for people to invest in this? Well, the reason why is because it's low-key kind of the cheat code. You are basically buying into diversification. And that way, when there are turbulence in the American economy, you're not going to suffer as much. Like you can hear the market, when the uh, SPY is down by, or the market in general is down by 1%, it's a big deal, right? Because these are 500 companies across different weights, across different performance. When it's down that much, it's a big deal because of diversification. Um, So as a result, when you invest in a in the spy, you're a little bit protected. It's more passive. You're not controlling it. You're not actively monitoring it, right? And the expectation is that at least you should get between maybe 8% to about 12%, depending on how good the economy is. However, if you invested in, let's say, one stock like Tesla, while you can benefit from, from the tremendous upside, you're also at risk in the downside or Apple, right? Or if you invest in only tech, the tech sector, for example, as Joshua said earlier, this is across the uh, 500 companies are across different sectors. So now currently we're seeing all of the layoffs happen. A tech went through a very turbulent uh, period last year with the high interest rates and things like that. So some of the stocks were actually suffering. Tesla is not doing too hot right now. But irrespective of that, the S&P 500, it could be good. Like the SPY stock could actually be green for that day. But you're looking at your stock like, man, this is red. It's down like 10%. What the heck is going on? So that's how people are protected. And you hear things like, oh, they beat the market type deal. You hear a lot of like hedge funds or private holding firms talking about, oh, we beat the market, whatever the case may be. And how what they mean by that is, if the average with the SPY is 12, so basically your expected return from investing here is 12%. It means that in order for you to justify investing in these companies or putting it not in the S&P 500, they have to do better than 12% to keep you know that performance because they can say we beat the market. So more times than not, it's actually funny. They actually don't beat the market. They actually do way worse than the market. So that's where it's really hard to beat the market. And they usually encourage people to just go ahead and invest in an ETF. If you're looking for a more tech-heavy ETF, you can think about QQQ. If not, you can just just go straight into the market. But what do you what would you add to that, Joshua? Like people who are trying to beat the market, um the risk behind it, and is it even worth it? Yeah. So I think when I look at the SP 500 ETF, Time and risk are the two things that come to my mind. Mm. So 
first with time, a lot of us are busy. We don't have all the free time to be analyzing individual stocks. And owning those ETFs give us access to the 500 largest companies in the United States. That is a job of those CEOs. They're the ones who are supposed to think on how to make their companies better, on how to make their companies more profitable. And as long as they can do that and stay ahead, the S&P 500 ETF, which on average performs between 7 to 9% every mm -hmm. year, will keep you good. So that way, it's sort of like a no-brainer. You don't have to do any deep research or anything. Just go and buy the S&P 500 and average in over time. Mm -hmm. So people now, let's say the market has a huge drawdown. Like in 2022, we know the market went down. And these people, they will decide to go heavier because they know that yeah. these buying opportunities will show up every day. Even the NASDAQ, the QQQ was down almost 40% at some point in 2022. And a lot of people will be like, hmm, you know, I got to go even heavier. So mm -hmm. there are different ways. You can just do the, okay, maybe every month you buy a few um, S&P 500 ETF shares or some people they will wait for those 10 20 corrections and they'll go heavier so there are different ways to go about this so that's for the time now the risk you spoke about tesla and that's actually interesting because mm -hmm. tesla, they had their earnings this week this past week and they didn't do so hot and the stock was down like 10 percent in one yeah. day that's what i think the s p 500 finished green for the week yeah so you see how it is better to own at least some of that S&P 500 ETF compared yeah. to just loading up on Tesla. Now, Tesla is still a great company. There's some people who are all in on Tesla. But if you know you don't like a lot of risk, you just want to make your 7 to 9% every year on average, owning those ETFs might be the way to go for you. Definitely. I think to summarize that, it all comes down, at least for me, to risk appetite, right? Because it's not still stopping you from investing in these companies, right? I have been burned by just investing in one company and I have made a huge success like NVIDIA and AMD have been very, very profitable for me at this time because, you know, semiconductors are doing really well. So what I would encourage is if you're not sure about what stocks to pick, because that's one of the questions I get a lot is like, hey, what stocks do I pick? and you have very low risk tolerance, I would encourage you just going straight into an ETF because you're protected by diversification at 10 to 12%, even 8% is not that bad, given if you do not have time to do your own research and figure out or pick stocks by yourself. It's just not sometimes worth it, depending on the kind of capital you have. Uh, but if you have a large risk appetite, then you can go all in in certain stocks and invest that way. So all that to say is that the market is still going to be uh, fluctuating. So don't worry whenever it is you see little downturns. It's always an opportunity to come on ahead and invest regardless and know that you are using good strategies and investing in good companies that have great financial health and great growth prospect. Anything for our viewers as we wrap up this episode? Honestly, I think you've said it all, but sometimes I will say even most times investing is supposed to be boring. <laughs> yes. Investing is getting too excited. There's a good chance you might be doing something wrong. So stay <laughs> consistent buying the S&P 500 or the NASDAQ, whichever one appeals more to you. And in a few years, you look back and be like, wait, what just happened? How have I made so much money just putting this small amount away 
every month or every week or whatever you decide to do. But that consistency is key. Sweet. So as we wrap up today's journey through the S&P 500, remember, it's not just an index. It's the breeding entity that mirrors the heartbeat of our financial world. So stay tuned for more financial adventures on Make It Make Sense. Until then, happy investing and may the stocks ever be in your favor. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.